Well, good morning. Welcome to Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. My name is Tim Patterson, Trade Show Guy out of Salem, Oregon. I work with Trade Show Guy Exhibits. That's the company I founded about uh, six years ago. It's almost six years I've been doing this thing uh, on my own. Wow. Uh, Which is great because it keeps getting better and better. And, uh, of course, this is the Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. It's usually live on Facebook or some other platform, but uh, the technology was not working this morning. So if you're seeing this, you're seeing this as a recording. And I appreciate you doing that. Uh, I want to welcome a guest this morning, Dale Obrachta, who is in Chicago, right? Is that is that correct? Yes. Uh, um, when, when you're in Illinois, you say you're from Chicago, even <laughs> though I'm from the suburbs. It's just the, the point of uh, Chicago. It's, it's like if you're from uh, Beaverton, you say, yeah, I'm in Portland. It's the same yes. thing in Oregon, you know, Lake Oswego. Uh, we got it. Yeah. Okay. Wilsonville. Sure. Uh, anyway, so I wanted to talk to you this morning because we connected on Twitter, which is uh, interesting how many people I meet in the industry on Twitter. Um, a number of people over the years I could point to that I've had on a podcast or a show or or just interviewed and put them on the blog. Uh, we met. You reached out to me, and I appreciate you doing that. So tell me just a little bit about yourself, Dale, and uh, what you do in the trade show industry. Well, I'm what's called a promotional entertainer. So let, let me explain this the way I know how to explain things. Probably in every city that we're viewing to, there is one stretch of street that has nothing but car dealerships. That's your trade show floor. Car dealership after car dealership, same thing with your booth, booth after booth after booth. And you go down the booths or down the the street and what do you see? Sometimes you'll see that big gorilla in the sign saying sale. And everybody jokes because nobody says that they've ever stopped and bought a car where there's that big gorilla that says sale. Let's analyze it for a quick second. When you're driving down that street, you don't pay attention to any of those cars because they're all professionally manicured. They have professional staff. They have great cars. They have great things there, but they all blend into one. What happens? You see that big gorilla out there and it catches your attention and you look. So that's the first thing that happens. Second thing is it's got a message. It's a sale. That's what it's trying to tell you. So it's caught your attention. It's telling you the second thing, the sale. And the third thing it's doing is talking to the people who are interested in that vehicle and it actually creates a buzz. So if you're driving along, think about it. You could drive past those car dealerships day after day. You see that big gorilla that says sale. What do you do? People in there go, hey, there's a big gorilla over there. You point it out. It actually creates a buzz. Now, I do the same thing on the trade show. What I do is I basically am that big type gorilla that draws attention. I get a message out there, which is what you're trying to do. And I create a buzz on the trade show floor. So that's what I really do. So that's kind of a pattern interrupt. And you mentioned the car uh, thing. It's kind of funny because I bought a car just a month ago and I thought about it for several months. I'm always checking out cars, checking out cars. And I realized right after I bought it, I'm, I don't care anymore. I'm not, obviously I have what I, what I was looking for. Right. So when I drive by a car dealership, I don't even think about it. It used to be, I was like, okay, what do they got over there? What do they got? Oh, got wait, oh, they got one of the, oh, hey, hey, let me go check that guy. And I'm always looking on Craigslist or wherever for cars. Now I'm not interested. So I'm not looking for it. So uh, there's got to be some sort of interest, or at least you've got to do something that's going to pattern interrupt to pique their interest. So they can go, uh, you know, I'm the trade show or I'm the I'm the, you know, the manager of a store, for instance, I'm at a, and I'm at a show that's selling food and we need some new products. And so your your interest is high, your level's high. But what can you do to stand out from all of those other uh, companies that are there? 
So what do you do specifically that makes you different? And do you work in a specific field or, or tend to work in, in some industries and not others? Well, it's like every storefront. It depends on the purpose. Every trade show has a purpose. Why are you at the trade show? And that's exactly. one of the things I, I'm concerned about. Uh, now, I want to get back to something you said real earlier. You're not looking at vehicles anymore. Well, there's something in consumers that we do is we'll still look at the product two, three, maybe three weeks, four weeks, a month later, because we're still price shopping to see how much of an idiot was I that I bought something five times higher right. <laughs> when down the street I could have gotten it cheaper. So we still price compare after we buy the product. Oh, I, I do that because I think, oh, did I get a good deal? Did I spend $1,000 more than I should have? <laughs> right. And, that's, and, and in business, it's strange because if we have good service and a good deal, we don't shop around. We just know that, or the third one, as my father used to always say, we never buy from strangers. We always buy from friends. I think that's very true. And the other thing is, and, and this goes back to uh, gosh, when I was in my 20s, a friend of mine said this, and so I still think this. I'm willing to spend a little more because I want something good. Right. Or right. my mom used to say, you know, save up, buy the good one, yeah. and forget about the cheap one. And that all, all cuts to the value proposition that's there. So if you feel it's valuable, you're going to buy something that's cost a little more than what the guy next door is selling. Right. And, and now, that, and the, now, and the value can be, in, can, be, can be many different things. It may be that friendship. Right. Now, it's getting back to your question that you originally asked me was about the value of the trade show or what do you do? And I kind of came back and said, well, what are you there for? As you know, in trade shows, we go there depending on who you are. If you're the sponsor of the, the trade show, I would say majority of the time, you're not there to land new accounts. Do the fact that you got the biggest booth, you got the biggest banner, you're the sponsor of the event. Probably 75% to 80% of your customers are already there. Yep. So this is just a meet and greet, come out, see what we have, keep that connection going so the competitor down the street doesn't get you. And I'm guessing so, that shows you go to every client uh, that hires you has a little different uh, angle on why they want you there. And they may be there just to reinforce the notion of, of their current clients of what they're doing, or they may have a new product to launch to those people as well as new people. So it's a little bit different. Every every company uh, that I see goes to a show for a slightly different reason. Now, yes, they want to increase their business, uh, but they may have a lot of different ways they're going to get that uh, point. Right. And it's really the message. What what message are you trying to get out there? Are you talking about a new product, a new service? Or are you talking about how you just want to say that we're still in business? And that's where it varies. So when we go back to every store, location, every business, they do have a different purpose for bringing a person in. Nine times out of 10, as an entertainer slash promotional entertainer, we lead off with lead generation. We're going to get you leads. We're going to sign people up. Really, what we're there to do is get our message out there for you. And as a professional speaker and as a professional entertainer, we do what your sales staff cannot do. Do the fact that you spend hours and hours training your sales staff about the product, lead following. You do all this stuff that is business related. You don't train them to stand out and be a pitch man. You don't train them on public speaking. You don't train them to entertain. You don't train them nine times out of 10 to give the three keys of important information. What you do is you have a secondary resource and that's where we come in is we, we bring these people, we get them inquisitive 
and we turn them over to the sales guy who's the informed one. It's kind of like that big gorilla. That big gorilla brought you in. You heard his message. And now you're coming not to the gorilla to ask the question, but you come to the salesperson and say, what kind of car is that? What kind of, is, what, what's my financing? And you get into the details and that's where they take over. Yeah, I, I agree because there are so many people that are good salespeople, uh, but the trade show floor is a much different beast. Uh, it's, it's chaotic. You want to turn people over as quickly as possible, get lead information and qualify or disqualify as quickly as you can. Move on to the next person because uh, you're there to meet as many people as you can, gather as many leads as you can. Certainly there are some that, that require a little longer conversation, but if they're there just kicking a tire and they're not there to buy from you, you want to discern that as, as soon as possible so that you're not wasting your time or their time. And you, of course, you do it politely and gently and move them on. Because uh, if you're sitting there talking to someone who's definitely not going to buy and a buyer walks by because you're already engaged, uh, you've you've actually wasted your time and you've, you've missed somebody that could possibly buy from you. Very true. And here, here's an interesting fact, and I've done this on the trade show floor. I use balloons as my tool. I'm not a magician. I'm not a juggler. I use balloons and I craft my message with the balloons. Now, what typically happens is you draw the crowd around. Now, as a professional entertainer, lead generator, your goal is to understand, I need to weed people out. I need to take the hot leads and pass them to the salespeople. Now, as an entertainer, Here's what I get to do where other people don't do because they're working the booth. Hey, you want something? You're going to start up a conversation. My question to me, to you is going to be, Tim, you know somebody in this industry. What company do you work for? Who at your company does what we're looking for? Can you give me their name? And I could ask for a lead reference real easy because I'm just an entertainer. As an entertainer, there is a slight disconnect. I'm affiliated with the company, but it's not like I'm the pushy salesman. What I'm doing is joking around, going, hey, I want to send a message to Bob. Bob is your contact and he's not at this meeting. Tell you what, I'm going to send a picture of me and this funny picture, this gorilla with him going, hey, Bob, we miss you at XYZ booth. And now what happens is I have a cold lead per se but it's a lead at least into the company. So I could give that to the sales guy and say, hey, Bob's not at the show, but Bob is the guy in this company, according to Kathy over there, that does what you want to do. So it's at least a handoff call. It's, so it's not, it's it's not a cold call. It's not a cold call anymore. It's, it's a slightly warmer call. <laughs> right. It's yeah. a, yes. And now it's the job up to the salesman to create that relationship because who knows? Bob may be new in the company. Bob may be... Uh, retiring from the company. Bob didn't even know about the trade show. So at this point, it's a way that the company can make that first connection. At least they have a name into the company. Uh, so that's one thing that entertainers can do that booth staff don't even think about. And I would guess when you're up there on stage, if you're actually on a stage or whether you're just doing it uh, at floor level in a, in a show, the the information that you're talking about is probably you know you use your entertainment device which are the balloons and your your patter that you use but you're also talking about the um uh the the companies or the services they they the products they have and mixing all that in so you probably got at least 50% that's about the product or service versus the entertainment part 
How, how do you approach that from your standpoint with the company? What kind of conversations do you have? I'm just curious. Well, usually when I start a conversation, my question is, well, why are you there? Let's define why are you there? Are you there strictly for lead generation? Are you there to get a message out? Are you there just to make an appearance? Once we start with those three, the next couple questions are, if you're there for lead generation, how are we generating lead? What What's the buzzword? Are we there? Again, we have to break it down. If I'm in a booth that is, you know, a 50 by 50 booth or 50 by 20 booth, whatever the size is, are we there to push one product, two products, a service? What? Why are we there? Once we get that, now I know what I'm pushing. Because the key is we come there and companies do this all the time. They display this beautiful background of 27 products. That's for the industry, but they're not putting that one special unit up front. What's the message? It's hard to get a message out about 27 things. Let me get that one message about one thing. And once we get that conversation going, somebody may be going, I want this product. This is what I need. And when you talk to sales guy, he's like, all right, dude, we got a much better product here that may be a little cheaper that does exactly what you want. Or wait a minute, you're trying to put this into a larger facility. This is what you need. So again, it's starting that conversation. So from my point, I need to know what is the goal of the company, the sales department, the sales team. And now we have a conversation going, I know why they're there. And now I could script my presentation to do what they want it to do. Because otherwise getting somebody there and drawing people in is great. But if you don't have a purpose of why you're doing it, the leads you're going to get are not going to be the leads that you really wanted for that show. And if you're going to have 30 or 40 people there every time you talk, uh, you've got to have people that are going to know how to capture those people, as many of those people as possible. So you've got to have the entire uh, booth staff uh, in on this whole thing as far as the function of it, I would guess. So, so, yes, so, they, they, know how to, so they know how to talk to them, make sure they get the questions, they get the contact information and that sort of thing. Right, because after that becomes a, f- a follow-up question. It's really... Because people are going to come up with a question. It's like, all right, you have to take it to that second level. That's where it kind of gets into the technical end. Because I'm giving out the main points. They're doing the sub points. And really, at that point, we've pitched the information. Now, if I'm pitching three keys of information, let's say it's service, quality, cost, which one are they looking at? Are they looking at cost, service, or quality? If they're looking at those three, I can now put them into, all right, your cost is this we'll put you into these products because you can't afford the multi-million dollar product, but you could afford the hundred thousand dollar product. If you're looking at service going, well, we have a staff, we have the product. I need just support. This is the, the team that I need you to bring to the support team because your sales staff is really broken up into different parts. But when we come to a trade show, what do we do? We bring anybody and everybody into the booth. Now what we need to do is know, Who's the guy who handles all the service contracts? Who's the guy who handles all the new sales? Who's the guy so we could funnel it to the right salesperson too? So this is a whole strategy that gets implemented in a meeting so everybody knows why they're there. And then they walk away going, we reached our goal because we achieved what we wanted, not where we got a whole bunch of leads. We know there's specific leads for specific area and I've already made contact with the key people. Let me ask you this. Um, as far as the, the nuts and bolts of, of you working with a company, 
uh, how how much time do you need to put this together prior to the show and the, and for them to know? I mean, it's three months, six months, two months. What what's the time frame that is ideal for someone approaching you saying, you know, we need you to do this show in blank, and you start having those conversations? How much time do you need to make that happen? Just curious. Usually, leeway can be about a month uh, down to a week. Preferably, like to have a little longer. <laughs> do the fact, especially if I got if I have a lot of scripting to do. If I have to, if they come out there and they, and this is where it changes. You get into some companies who think they're professional writers. So I ask for three key points to put in my presentation and they give me the 16 key points that need to be expressed. <laughs> I, I can tell this has happened with you before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, now you, you send back and go, give me the three key out of all those 16. And they go, here's the six key points. We need to get in there. I, you know, yes. this reminds me of my old radio days when you'd say, I need the, the top two or three things. And they would send you a script that's 90 seconds long. You trying to get this in the 30 seconds. No, 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 no. We can't. It won't work. <laughs> right. And then basically what I'm doing is I'm delivering a commercial. Yeah. And what I'm doing is now coming back. Okay. If we're down to six, are these the six for the same reason we're here at the show? And sometimes people will look at me and go, oh, no, those are just the six main points that we always talk about. Well, if those six points aren't relevant to why we're at the show, if our show is just about, you know, getting a new product out there we're talking about this six things and we don't talk about the new product is a miss for there's the a market. disconnect there yeah there, in, yeah there's a your, huge disconnect yeah, yeah. and that doesn't come across until you start putting together and you start asking those questions why are we here what what's the goal how are we going to do this and once we because it's so used to so, show managers just coming out there and going another exhibit we set it up boom 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 this is our show for the year and not until somebody comes along and says, well, why did you buy that display case with that one product where it kind of sits out front? And you go, well, we bought that display three years ago when we had a new product. Now we just put a basket out there with flowers because <laughs> yeah. it doesn't make sense for our product design anymore. Yeah. So how long is your presentation typically? Does it just like five, seven minutes or does it go longer or shorter? I'm just curious when you're up doing your thing. Technically, they could go between 10 and 12 minutes, okay. 10, 15 minutes, depend. Now, that it's a good question because people always ask, well, how long is the presentation? Well, if I'm spending two minutes getting a bigger crowd, I'm going to wait that extra two minutes to get a bigger crowd. Right. So it's typically my whole presentation is really geared to 10, 10 to 12 because I also have to give this presentation maybe two, three times in an hour. Right. So I want to stop traffic. I want to stop booth size traffic that my booth can handle. So I, I are you doing a lot of times because here, here's the thing. If I draw 200 people to my booth and I have four salesmen in there, I'm going to lose people. You are. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, just because they're going to get there and go, you know, I'll come back later. And I come back later means I never come back. <laughs> Unless I'm at the show three days later and I realize, oh, geez, I need to see oh, this. And you're just wandering around randomly and you hit the same booth again at the same time you're doing the thing. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to bypass yeah. it. So with that, you have to stage and go, okay, if I have 50, let's say 60 people around me, I have a six-man booth. If I get 10, 20% of these people to come in, that's going to be enough for that 15, 20 minutes for that sales group. 
because it's nice that you keep those people coming in. But trust me, when you're a salesman and you've flown in, last thing you want to do is spend 10 hours on the floor, <laughs> nonstop answering question after question after question after question. Because as a salesman, your job is to go check out competitors. It's to meet and greet and spend that 15 minutes with possibly a new prospect at a different company. So you're there for another purpose too. So it's nice that you're constantly, as management wants to see, keep it coming, keep it, keep it. Yeah. Your sales guy's going too. Yeah, there's a bandwidth right. there, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, and that, so you're and doing this uh, eight, 10, 12, 15 times a day, two or three days in a row. Um, I'm just curious, did your presentation, does it slightly adjust over time because you're finding things that work or things that don't work? Well, as an entertainer, that's one of the fun things because I've always scripted my shows where I walk out there and if I see a bunch of executives, my show's going to change than if I walk out and see a whole bunch of family. But again, if I come out there and I find that the executives are like, they're all into it, then my I amp up my, oh, yeah. my level. I can see it, yeah. yeah. If, if they come down, they're a little more reserved, maybe I'm a little more reserved. So yes, your audience really dictates sometimes your presentation. Interesting. Because the worst thing, you think of every show you've ever seen. Have you ever seen that one act, I don't want to name an industry, but the one act that's doing that, and it doesn't look like they're even interested. Yeah. <laughs> they're just out there. And I have to give stand-up comedians a huge, huge props because stand-up comedians could sit there and they could laugh. I don't know how, I've never mastered this skill where they could laugh, and it seems like they're laughing legitimately for the first time telling a joke that they have been telling for the last 15 years. Exactly, yeah. And you, you give that to their credit. That's the same thing when you do a presentation. You want it to feel free. And the way you could feel fresh is feed off your audience. Yeah. Dale, I want to wrap it up here in a couple of minutes. Uh, so any last uh, minute things that you you think we haven't covered as far as your being on the trade show floor and, and interacting with people and what kind of things that people should look for when they're uh, at the trade show floor? Well, I'm going to... Let me give some tips out here for the guys in the booths, okay? When you're looking for a trade show presenter or a lead generation, know why you're there. That's I can't stress that anymore. Know why you're there. Secondly, what is the message that you're going to tell people? Just craft that. How are you going to get that message out there? If you know why you're there and you know how to get that message out there and you're successfully getting that message out there and stopping people, then you're doing what I'm doing. Now the question is, where are you more valuable? In the booth or standing on that podium doing that? Right. And you'll find nine times out of 10, you're more valuable in the booth talking to the customer than trying to gain the customer. So that's one of my key things is understand why you're there. And, you know, from that, I mean, promotion is a promotion is a promotion. Uh, if you've been in the trade show business and Tim, you know this, <laughs> what works better? The, the USB giveaway or the free pen? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it depends on the message that you're using or, and I'll be honest with you, I, I, here's freebies. My father was a national salesman. And when he taught me about trade shows, first time we went to one, we went to uh, Comdex in Chicago and he's taking everything. I'm like, dad, you, you just can't take these freebies. People pay money for these. He's like, no, son, son, son. They bought them to give them away. And that's all they do. 
And sure enough, we walk by this paper vendor and the guy's sitting there and my dad's like loading up sheets. And I looked at him, I got a case more. You want to come back after the show? I'll be happy. I don't want to ship this stuff home. Yeah, because so, the more you take, especially on the last day, they want to get rid of that stuff. Because if not, it goes back and they got to put it in a box somewhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Unless, you, unless you're physically taking it to another show. Yeah. The nice part about a presenter is we're customizing for the show. Yeah. So if you're bringing me out as my giveaway, guess what? I change it. I, I fit real nicely into an airplane. I walk. I, you don't have to pack me up or ship me, and I get through security. Very cool. So, Dale, it's been fun talking with you. Uh, how, how do people get a hold of you? All right. There's a couple ways. You could find me internet. Like we did on the Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> yes, I, I Twitter. I'm going to give you two ways of finding me. Okay. First of all, if you want to find, and this is easy, put a twist on it.com. So P U T T W I S T on O N I T.com. Put a twist put on it.com. I like it. it. Yep, yep. The second way you can find it is I'm also a professional speaker and I help people become better speakers oh, cool. is my YouTube channel called I talk D E O I T A L K D E O.com. Excuse me. Forget the dot com. It's just I talk it's, it's YouTube. That's on YouTube. Okay. Because as a professional speaker, what I, I I I incorporate my balloons in my presentation, even when I'm doing my training. When I did my TED talk, I still used my balloons or my TEDx talk. So the balloons are my way I branded myself and get my message out. Gotcha. Uh, I, I'm going to throw one at you here. We I usually end my my Monday morning trade show guy coffee with uh, with a one good thing. One good thing, and I haven't prepared this. I've got one in the back of my mind that I can do, but if there is one good thing, a book, an app, a, an event, a place that comes to mind that you'd like to share with the audience, what would that one good thing be? All right, I got this from Tim Sanders, and I actually believe it. Uh, you can't see this cup, but the cup is filled with water about here. Now, the question is, is the cup half filled or half empty? And everybody... That's a question we've debated for years. But Tim Sanders actually had a, a good question from his grandmother. If I'm done drinking and my thirst is quenched, then it's half filled. I could give it to somebody else. If it's half empty and I'm still thirsty, then it's mine. <laughs> so that's the way I look at life. If I have something and I have enough of it, I'm willing to share it. And Tim, it seems like you're willing to share your knowledge that you yes. have so much knowledge, you're willing to share it. It's flowing if, out of my brain. <laughs> yes. And for the people who are watching this, who are still half empty, they haven't filled up on all their knowledge. Thank you for watching. But you'll realize that you'll be a taker in the beginning. And once you get to that point where you realize that you have enough knowledge and skills, you'll just open up your heart and start sharing. So that's my That's thing. your one good thing. All right, cool, Dale. Yes. It's a pleasure to meet you. I hope we get to meet face-to-face -face before too long. And uh, I got relatives in Chicago. You never know, right? Uh, so. uh, hey, I, I have a plane. I go out by you guys. <laughs> I don't have a plane. I wish I had a plane. But I do get on a plane. And I, I was going to say, if you had a plane, uh, those balloons must be doing pretty well for you. I, I do have a plane. It's just made out of balloons. It doesn't yeah. go very yeah, far. Right. Uh, cool. Thanks, Dale. Appreciate it. We'll wrap it up now. No problem. All right. <laughs>